I want to talk to you tonight. You say you've been talking. Oh, sorry. I'm subject to bursts of enthusiasm. Because the God that I serve is not dead. He's alive. I encountered him today. I have encountered him since I came in this room. I have no doubt. I am fully persuaded and absolutely convinced that he's real. I don't have to ask anybody. I know that I know that I know that I know that he's real. I talked to him today. I've walked with him today. I have encountered him today. He has changed my life today. He healed me of cancer. I need to praise him. I have to thank him. Oh, I feel a revival up in here. I may have to come for three nights. Yeah. All right, be seated. Say this with me. I am a spirit being first. Now, I, I, I sincerely have a question whether or not you're living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, talking in the spirit, existing in the spirit, eating in the spirit, working in the spirit laboring in the spirit but here's one i want to talk to you about tonight i want to talk to you about sleeping you finally found a preacher that wants to put you to sleep i really do i want i want to put you to sleep i want to talk to you about sleeping in the spirit you spend a third of your life asleep why are you allowing it to be wasted time God your Bible says never ever sleeps so what do you think he's doing? Like, well, they turned the lights out. I'm done for tonight. That would mean God was not involved in a third of your life. And he said he'd never leave you and never forsake you. You want me to say that again? Okay. Thank you for your, thank you for your permission. I, I appreciate that. I want to talk to you about having spiritual dreams and visions. I am here tonight in Elkhart, Indiana, just a few miles from South Bend, Indiana, where my pastor was. I'm here rather than somewhere else. Because he had a vision. A vision. He lived that vision, preached that vision, vision, ate, slept, breathed that vision. 
I stayed next to his room or across the hallway from his room more times than I know. And he would usually wake me up about three o'clock in the morning. Dreams and visions. Are you ready? Take me to Job. Dreams and visions are the end time language of heaven. They are the staple and commerce of heaven. Did you hear what I just told you? Dreams and visions are the commerce and staple, the language of heaven. Job 33, 14. Okay, here we go. For God, who? God. Who? God. God does what? Speaks. Speaks. He talks. How many of you have a cell phone? Three of you. Well, I guess I've accomplished my anointing for tonight. The other two-thirds are already asleep. Okay. Hands up, you have a cell phone. All right. Did you ever get out of calling distance? Did you ever get... Brenda tries to get Mary in there all the time. Like, we're going away where the cell phone can't reach you. And there are such places. And if you get out of calling distance, it doesn't mean that nothing is being said. Excuse me, I know where I'm going. <laughs> Am I going to preach now? All right. Dr. Horace says I'm going to preach now. It's, it's not that God is not talking to you. It's that you have positioned yourself out of calling distance. You must reposition yourself to get into that space where you can clearly hear from heaven and I'm not talking about your ears for you having ears to hear but hear not because you are spiritually out of calling distance for God speaks everybody say thank you I mean, how many of you would like to hear a ringing like a bell, clearer than the hand in front of your face, clearer than your wife screaming at you to put your clothes away? You'd like to hear God. Well, I can tell you how. I hear him all the time. But most of the time, neither my soul, my mind, my will, nor my emotions, nor my body heard a word. Your Christian life and mine are not supposed to be a series 
of lightning bolt experiences with burning bushes. Stop looking for the spectacular. Because whenever you're looking for the spectacular, mark it down, you are missing the supernatural. You are destined to live in the supernatural. You're a spirit being. Your life is supposed to be comprised of a series of seemingly insignificant events that just end you up in the center of the circumference of the perfect will of God. And by the way, unless you are in open rebellion, meaning you have heard the voice of God and you have responded, I'm not going to do it. Unless you've done that, get ready to lose your natural mind. Because you are seated right now in the middle of God's perfect will for your life in this moment. The will of God is not something you find. Stop looking for it. The will of God is something you get up in. Come on. Wow. Thank you, Pastor. Good God, I... I got to get through the text. This happens to me every time I come over here. <laughs> For God speaks, shout the next word. Next word. How many times? Twice. Do you know why he speaks twice? Because you weren't listening the first time. This is the law of scriptural interpretation known as the double annunciation of God. Saul of Tarsus was spoken to by a voice out of heaven, the commerce of the culture of heaven. And God said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Jesus, seated at the triclinium, looked across the table at Simon Peter and said, Simon, hey, Simon, the sweet psalmist of Israel, David, cried out, my Lord and my God. Here's great News for you. Twice is the lowest denomination that he will speak. He will speak at least twice. Don't you remember when Samuel was being spoken to by God in the night because you dreamed? in the night Jesus did not get up at the dawn Jesus got up one split second after midnight 
Resurrections happen in the dark. Did you ever go to bed with a headache and wake up without one? Did you ever go to sleep with a fever and wake up without one? Did you ever go to bed without a fever and wake up with one? Why is it so quiet? Here's why. Because you left yourself unguarded. Ooh, this is going to get heavy. For God speaks what? Yes. Twice. Yet man does not perceive it. Tuck that away now. God's speaking, but man's not perceiving. Here we go. That, that would be clicked. There we go. Oh, wait. Where, when, and how does God speak? Oh, I'm glad you asked. In a dream. In a dream, God speaks. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through it really quick, but I'm coming back right here. Let me, let me run through it. Watch. In a vision of the night, that's a dream. A vision of the night is a dream. A vision where the back wall disappears and you see it stronger than any movie. That's what's called an open vision. Brother Sumrall had a night vision. He had a dream. He was dying at 17 years of age with tuberculosis, coughing up chunks of his lungs onto his pillow at 17. He entered ministry. At 17, R.W. Schambach entered ministry. At 17, I entered ministry. At 17, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan entered ministry. At 17, Dr. Oral Roberts himself, dying a victim of tuberculosis, began ministry. There's something important about 17-year-olds. Let me get through it now. In a vision of the night, that's when God speaks. When deep sleep falls upon men in slumber upon their beds. Now remember, Job is the oldest book in your Bible. Not the book of Genesis, nor any of the other five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. This is the oldest book in your Bible. Then God opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he might, here's what he's going to do with it, turn aside man from man's purpose. Do you know if you get turned aside from your purpose, the only purpose left? God's purpose. God said in the night, when you are asleep in your bed, in deep slumber, he will move upon you to move you to the right place. If, if you are living spiritually. 
Now, this is the third time I've, I've, I've had this come up in my spirit, so I'm going to say it. How many of you have a cell phone? You have a cell phone? The cell phone is not a devil. Guns are not devils. I have over 200. None of them have ever killed anybody. Even Bill Maher is saying, y'all are stupid. To the craziness that's going on in our culture right now. The hate-fueled, demonic... I had two beautiful young people that graduated from Harvest Preparatory School. She went on and got her master's degree. He went on and became a very successful businessman. She was raised by her grandparents. She happens to be black. He happens to be white. Yeah, I said it. See, you don't, you don't even know what to do. You're like, well, I don't want to get canceled. Good luck. Nero said, Paul, I'm going to take your head off. Paul responded. You can't kill a dead man. I thought I said a thing. Raised by her grandparents. Been in our church over 30 years. Serving. So they went over for Father's Day. This girl happened to be one of my daughter's three very best childhood through present day and my daughter's 32 friends. She has three of those. This was one of them. They went over for Father's Day to just have lunch in the backyard with the grandparents. But a crazed person. In fact, her, her nephew is sitting right back there. Stand up. Okay, don't get so excited. Sit down. He, he is a student at Valor and an intern. They walked out of the grandparents' home, and a man in a hate-fueled, maniac rage because they were black and white couple, he happened to be black, shot him three times in the chest. And there he lay dead on the driveway. The church better wake up. Y'all better wake up. Quit hiding under a rock somewhere. You've got the answer. CNN doesn't have the answer. And neither does Fox News. No politician has the answer. They can't fix what's going on in the world. They're creating it. They love the chaos. They love the hatred. They love it all. Because it gives them power. Well, that was free. You have a cell phone. I talked about positioning yourself to see dreams and visions and have God speak to you. This 
will keep that from happening. Your television set will keep that from happening. A blue screen computer will keep that from happening. If you spend 20 minutes in front of a blue screen within two hours of trying to go to sleep, you will never enter REM sleep. Ever. That's why you're tired all the time. I'm 64. I'm not tired. I got up at 6.30 this morning. I'm not tired. My pastor was in his 80s and worked 20-somethings into the ground. He knew how to sleep. Do you? Do you know how to sleep? Well, you don't do it with this. Looking at photoshopped images and filtered images of all your friends and then feeling like you're nobody. Comparing yourself to everybody and anybody. And God forbid that someone should comment something that was insulting to you because your whole life will fall apart. Stop it. Let me show you a good thing. I don't know whose this is. I'll, let me show you a good thing to go to bed with. It's right here. Go to bed with this. Ah. Psalms at night for peace. Proverbs in the morning for wisdom. Read this. Listen to this. Put this in your earbuds. How do you expect to sleep laying down watching some late night so-called comedian who is, by the way, not funny? Johnny Carson, I'll give you that. Johnny Carson was funny. He wasn't vulgar. He wasn't pushing an agenda every third word. What are we doing? Fighting with our families. Here's a good place to start. Go to bed. The wisest men that ever lived. I don't read contemporary authors. And the major reason is because the majority of them have nothing to say. They can barely get through the English language. I read people who went to bed at night and who were not laying around in the bed at nine o'clock in the morning. Work while it is day. Night cometh when no man can work. But then we got electricity. So now we stay up all night and sleep half the day. Train your children to get up. Train your children to go to bed. I have a constant battle in Columbus. Shh, don't tell. 
Because I can't get leaders to stop putting their children to bed with some kind of electronic device. Here's how, does that chair disconnect? Okay, disconnect it. Whose Bible? It preaches really good. I'd keep a hold of that one. Here's how to go to bed at night with your children. This is how you do that. This is how you do that. And you get a Bible open, and you read the Bible, and then you pray with your children. We have children at Harvest Preparatory School. We have over 800 of them. And they, they have all kinds of problems. And it's a very simple thing. You say to the parent, how do you put this child to bed? Well, they're just a fidget. They just can't seem, okay, give them some pills. Teachers want them on pills. Doctors want them on pills. Pharmaceutical companies want them on pills. Just give them an electronic device that stimulates their brain to its core so it takes it five hours to calm down enough to get into sleep. Everything in the kingdom of God is mutually exclusive and diametrically opposed to everything in the kingdom you came out of. Your children can't go to bed like the world's children go to bed. What are you talking about? Then they'll be like the world. So when they get to school, nobody can control them. Why? Because they haven't had any sleep. You think this is silly. You'd a lot rather me be talking about, you know, you know, if you'll pray 25 hours a day. I had a preacher tell me that once. I said, he said, how much do you pray? I said, I don't know how much you pray. He said, at least 25 hours. He's supernatural. (laughs) See, that's what we do in the church. We make supernatural things spectacular. It's not spectacular. Everything in God's kingdom is based on an exchange. God says, I'll do this if and when you do that. Why? Because God forever surrendered his right to act independently in your life. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. You have a role to play. Stop the blame game. Stop. Go to bed. Do you really need to scroll through your homepage again? Do you really need just one more binge on the dirty housewives of whatever? Huh? How many Netflix series have you binged on since COVID hit? How many prayer meetings have you had with your family? 
Don't blame the church. Don't blame God. Don't blame the school. Come on, man. I'm teaching you how to live in victory, in power, in joy, in blessing, in grace. It's real simple. Go to bed tonight. I can't wait to. And it's not because I'm tired and it's not because I'm sleepy. It's because when I go to sleep, God said he would talk to me. Is that, are they playing me off? I brought you all the way from Columbus for that. Okay. I'll close. This is, this, yep. Nope. Nope. Gonna, gonna close. Closing number one. I'm closing. Like, no, no, like for... I didn't say yet. We're Pentecostals. We are charismatics. Be seated. It is our tradition to lay hands on people. Now, there are many reasons for that. Quite too many for me to articulate to any degree tonight. Suffice it to say, we believe it to be Bible doctrine to lay hands on people. We believe in the assembling of ourselves together. We don't, we don't believe you can get everything unless that's the only thing you can get online when you should be in God's house. We don't, we believe that. We believe in Holy Communion. We believe in water baptism. But we often, when hands are laid on folks, for whatever reason, whether ordination or healing or commissioning or freedom or whatever, they will end up in the floor. Now, I can tell you, I was raised a Baptist. As far as I know, I'm still a Baptist. They haven't told me any different. So I just claim, even if they don't claim me. And when I started our church, a precious woman was weeping and crying. We were in a warehouse that seated 70 people underneath a bar with plastic carpet and a pulpit that I made with wood that I got out of the dumpster in the parking lot. Yeah, it hadn't always been like this. And, and I reached out and I just wanted to pat her because I felt so bad for her. You know, I'm new in ministry. I didn't know what to do. I'm just... 
Like one time I was doing communion we in that building, we decided to do it candlelight. We didn't realize that the bees from the dumpsters loved the grape juice. And the lights are out, and there's just some candles. So I'm leading people through communion. And I took the cup, and I said, now take the cup. And I went like that. And there was a bee in it. And it was stinging my lip, hanging on my lip. Crazy. But I reached out to pat her. Because I felt bad for her. She went on the floor. Don't act like... You know, you didn't take a step backward the first time you saw that Brenda. Right? Do you ever wonder why that happens? It's amazing the things we do and the things we accept that we don't have any understanding of. Why does that happen? It is real. Now, I will give you that when Mother Parsley would lay hands on thousands of people in South Bend, and she had some of those big old rings that she was so proud that somebody had gave her, and she laid hands suddenly. There were a lot of courtesy drops. But it is real. So, why does it happen? Very simply, very succinctly, you are three parts. God is three parts. You are three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, inner court, outer court, holy of holies, Gabriel, Lucifer, Michael, all through the Bible. Three. Spirit, soul, body. What did I tell you at the beginning of our discourse? You are a spirit being first. So God, who is, your Bible says, that spirit, yes, wants to communicate directly with the portion of your triune being that came directly from him, his breath, and you became spirit. So when someone truly falls or is slain in the Spirit, what God is doing is turning off your mind, your will, your emotions, and your body. And in those moments, He's ministering to you things much greater than you have any knowledge of. I was sitting at my desk. It's a beautiful desk. And to my left is a doorway and a hallway and then a conference room. I have outside of my desk one, two, three, four, five other desks. People work there. There was no one there. It was late in the evening. I was simply going through some mail. I reached down to pick up a letter, and the next thing I knew, I was no longer at my desk. I was through that door, underneath a chair, in the hallway next to the restroom.
how did I get there? You'd have to ask God that. I don't know. Except God had a deposit. He had a download from heaven that he wanted to put in me. When I came to myself, I was saying a phrase that I have never heard, never read, didn't know existed. I was saying over and over again, just as strongly as I could say it, the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior. The apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior. I'm under a chair. I didn't sit at my desk and try to get that in my mind. God. So don't ever count that statement as common. That's a direct download from heaven. I could tell you of many more, but I'll not take time because preachers never have enough time. Give me my verses. Job 33, 17. Start at the beginning. I believe it's verse 14. Something like that. There it is. For God speaks once, yes, twice. Get it, get it, get it. Are you getting it? Yet man does not perceive it. You may never perceive it in your mind, your will, your emotions, or your body. But you have to know that God did not talk. stop talking. He does it in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men and slumber on their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction. Do you know nothing in your life is by accident? You say, I decided to come here tonight. No, you didn't. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. If he doesn't breathe out, dear friend, you don't breathe in. You're his. You're bought with a price. That he might turn aside man from man's purpose and conceal pride from man. Wow. God keeps back man's soul, mind, will, emotions, body from the pit. If you're living in the pit, this isn't happening for you. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Accidents get moved away from you when you sleep. You decided to go to a different grocery store. You thought, no, God put that in your spirit three days ago because he knew there was a semi-truck going to come around the corner and meet you. And he turned you aside. Either God's real or he's not. And his life from perishing by the sword. Continue. In the last days, we're there. It shall be, says God, Acts 2.17, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Here it is. Your sons and your daughters. How many of you are sons? Your young men, he's talking about women as well, shall see visions, shout, 
That's me. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. You qualify. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It doesn't mean speak a word from God in public. That's not what it means. It actually translates to rave, R-A-V-E, and to play the part of a fool, to make a fool of oneself for God and the kingdom of his Christ. Your young men shall what? Young has nothing to do with age. Here. Young means spiritually young. Old means spiritually mature. I know people have been in the church for 50 years, still in diapers, spiritually. And I know some of these young firebrands over here that are already mature in the things of God. I started our ministry in my backyard with 17 people. Twelve of them were my family. Five of them were not. Within eight years, we had built five buildings, moved into a 5,200-seat tabernacle, and filled it up three times a week. In eight years, I was 29 years old. I wasn't an immature believer. And your old men shall dream dreams. I pray that for you. Every one of you, every single one of you, that this very night, when you fall to sleep, you fall to sleep in the loving arms of Jesus. Say this with me and never forget it. Abba, I belong to you. Lord Jesus, I worship you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And then get in your bed, turn out your light, and say, Jesus, I'm ready. Let me sleep the sleep that I heard preached about tonight. May your spirit touch me. May I wake up with something gone from my life. May I wake up with something new in my life. Make a deposit in me. Even while I sleep. Now, Father, seal your word. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you are unsure of your eternal destiny, you're not really sure that if Jesus should come tonight and he could, or if something should happen and you don't wait to see the sunrise tomorrow, you're not absolutely sure that you're ready to go to heaven and you want to be. You want to be. You want to know your sins are forgiven. You want to know that heaven is your home. You want to know, beyond all doubt, that you're as sure for heaven as if you were already there. 
It's very simple. I'm going to count to three. When I say three, raise your hand. We're going to pray. At the end of that prayer, God will do exactly what we ask him to. Are you ready? 15 seconds between you and eternity. This time tomorrow, I may be in heaven. You may not be. I pray not. But I want you to be sure. Holy Spirit, do your work. Convince us of sin and convict us of sin and convince us of righteousness. In Jesus' name. I'm going to count to three. We're going to pray. Heaven or hell, life or death, God or the devil, the choice is yours. Make the right one. Do it now. One, two, three. Raise that hand. Leave it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. At least twenty. At least twenty. Would everybody out loud pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. I ask your forgiveness for my sin. I ask you to forgive me and give me eternal life. I believe in you. I accept you. And with my mouth, I confess you as my personal Savior. I will live for you as you teach me how. I will go to church. I will read the Bible. And I thank you for giving me eternal life and heaven to go to heaven in. I am a born-again Christian. And I'm so happy about it, I could almost clap and shout. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.